It's time for America Outdoors Radio, the show that covers the outdoor scene across the U.S. of A. and the entire continent. Fishing, hunting, conservation, outdoor recreation, and great destinations, we cover it all every week. It's your country, your outdoors. Let's explore it together with your host, John Cruz. It's springtime, and that means it's prime time for fishing, and I've gotten to do a little bit of that myself lately. My best friend Rusty and I launched our boat at a place called Soda Lake in search of walleye. Rusty had been fishing this eastern Washington lake a couple of times this month, and he'd been doing pretty well, catching a whole bunch of eater-sized walleye. When we got to the lake last Saturday, we could see the word had definitely gotten out about the fishing because there were probably 20 boats on this 200-acre lake and a number of bank anglers as well. Things started off well. In the first 15 minutes, Rusty caught a healthy 15-inch walleye, and I reeled in a very fat perch. The other boaters were doing well, too, with lots of nets being dipped in the water and coming up with walleye, but not long after we started, the hot bite turned cold. We fished five hours and got a couple more bites, but no more fish. On the other hand, it was a beautiful spring day. There was a bunch of waterfowl to see, as well as sandhill cranes flying over. And you know what? It was a pretty good day of fishing, even if the catching wasn't that great. We might not have caught too many fish, but a teenager fishing in Arkansas not only caught a mess of crappie, but a monster largemouth bass as well. From Fox News, we learned that Logan Cernosek, who was 15 years old, was fishing for crappie with a friend on April 2nd at an undisclosed body of water in Randolph County. Since he was fishing for crappie, his reel was spooled with just four-pound test line, and the two were doing a lot better than Rusty and I did on our recent trip, with the teens catching seven nights crappie. It was the other fish that was impressive, though. Logan says, I thought I was hooked on a log, but then I realized it was a huge fish. It was a huge fish indeed. Logan managed to reel in that fish on his light line and weighted on his scale. It was a 12-pound, 4-ounce largemouth bass, which, by the way, is about 4 pounds heavier than my personal best. After Sonozik took a photo, he did the right thing, releasing it back into the water so that somebody can catch it again. Way to go, Logan. That is one heck of a great day of fishing. In other news, our listeners tuning in today in Wisconsin on WHBY AM 1150 or FM 103.5 may be interested in an event being put on by the Wisconsin DNR called Learn to Trout Fish for Dinner. It's taking place Friday, May 12th through Sunday the 14th at the Sugar Creek Bible Camp nestled in the fabled trout waters of Crawford County. On Friday, you'll learn about the waters in the area, the species that live in them, and how to access these waters. You'll also get some dry land practice using a spinning rod and selecting baits and lures in preparation for a day of fishing on Saturday. You'll also dabble in the fine art of fly fishing while you're there too. And after a day on the streams, you'll return to camp on Saturday night where you will learn how to clean and cook your catch and then sit down for a potluck dinner. Sunday is an optional day, but it's another opportunity to go fishing if you stay. This is Mother's Day weekend, and some of the instructors may need to leave early because of that. And if you're a mom, you can consider this your weekend getaway. All gear, supplies, lodging, and meals are provided at the camp. A packing list of what to bring and directions to camp will be sent to you after you register. The cost, believe it or not, is free, but space is limited. So register through the Wisconsin DNR website on the education page. The deadline is May 2nd, but I would probably do so now. 
This week on the show, we've got three great guests for you. The first one you'll hear from in just a few minutes is Glenn Kale. He's the Youth Tournament Director for BASS. You've no doubt heard of the NFL Combine, where college players go through drills trying to get drafted by an NFL football team. Well, Bassmaster has a combine for high school anglers trying to go to college and fish with a bass fishing team. As a matter of fact, there will be over two dozen colleges at this year's combine this September at Wheeler Lake in Decatur, Alabama, watching the attendees at the combine, and they've got a combined purse of over $2.5 million worth of scholarships to give away. Going to college on a bass fishing scholarship? Who would have thunk? After we talk to Glenn, we'll check in with Brian Lynn. He's my old friend and fellow Eastern Washington University alumni, Go Eags, who works for the Sportsman's Alliance, an organization that fights for your hunting rights every day. State legislative sessions are going on all over the nation, and several bills affecting hunters and gun owners are poised to be passed into law. Brian will run through some of the worst ones, and after hearing them, you just might want to pick up the phone and call your state representative or senator or governor if you live in one of the states these bills are being considered in. It being late spring, a lot of RV owners are looking to hit the road soon, and that's why we've got Bonnie Sinclair coming our way. She and her husband have logged a lot of miles with their truck and RV trailer all over the country, and they wrote a great new guidebook titled USA RV Adventures, published by Moon Guidebooks. We'll ask Bonnie about some of her favorite places to go for wildlife watching, some great campgrounds they have discovered on their travels, and share a little advice for RVers looking to hit the road. By the way, this portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at Henry Repeating Arms, and they rolled out some new products at the NRA meetings last week to include, get this, a revolver. They've never done that before. It's the big boy revolver. It's chambered for either 357 Magnum or 38 Special Rounds. And the traditional double-action revolver is available in two different grip configurations. There's the larger flared gunfighter-style grip or the more compact, rounded bird's head style. The big boy revolver borrows design cues from its rifle counterpart with deep, polished bluing on the medium-sized steel frame, six-round quick-release cylinder, a four-inch barrel, grip panels cut from genuine American walnut, and a polished brass trigger guard that wraps all the way around the grip to the top of the back strap. The fixed-notch rear sight and interchangeable front blade sights with different heights provide a traditional revolver sight picture. The MSRP is $928. You can check it out at henryusa.com. Look for an authorized dealer near you. The website again, henryusa.com. And don't forget to ask for your free decals and catalog while you're there. Finally, we have to share some sad news from the shooting community. Tiger McKee died at his home in Alabama on April 15th. Now, if you're into tactical gunning at all, you probably know that Tiger McKee is the Shoot Right Firearms Academy director in Alabama, frequent contributor to the Tactical Wire, a former Marine, a former law enforcement officer, and a prolific author, having written quite a few books on both weapons and self-defense. That includes The Book of Two Guns and Armed Reaction. It's unknown right now what happened to Tiger, except that sources say he died in his sleep. The memorial for Tiger McGee will be this weekend, Sunday, April 23rd, at 2 p.m. at Grace Fellowship Church that's on 925 West Main Street in Albertville, Alabama. 
The family is requesting casual dress, even blue jeans, in honor of Tiger. And Tiger's wisdom and experience are going to be missed by many, to include his colleagues at the Outdoor Wire and Tactical Wire. If you want to help the family out, there is a GoFundMe account. Just look for Tiger McKee. Rest in peace, Tiger. You did a lot of good for the shooting community. And actually, I do have one more thing before we go, and that's the fact that if you didn't know it, we do have a Facebook page, we do have a website, and we also podcast our show every week. You can check out our Facebook page at America Outdoors Radio. You can check out our website and look for stations all over the country. We're up to over 135 now. Just go to AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. And as for the podcast, we're on most of the major platforms, tend to upload the show a few days after it airs every week. But if you miss part of the show, you can catch up with it later. You can catch up later this week and any other week for that matter, too. Stick around. We've got a whole bunch of the outdoors coming your way right after this short word from our sponsors. This is the time of year to get out and cook out. So make your next meal sizzle with Camp Chef, the brand known for quality outdoor cooking. From camp stoves to cast iron, from smokers to grills, Camp Chef will change the way you cook outdoors. To eat like a king on your next adventure, go to CampChef.com or visit your local sporting goods store and get cooking. Whether you're serving breakfast in the backcountry or barbecue on the back patio, savor the simplicity with Camp Chef. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now, and there's a reason. They are the only Alaska lodge we talk about on this show. It's because they're truly Alaska's best lodge. The adventure starts with a float plane ride from Ketchikan, after which you'll get the chance to experience some of the best hospitality, food, and wonderful people you'll ever meet. Wildlife is abundant, from bears and deer to eagles and whales, and let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Looking to reel in the marketing opportunity of a lifetime? Then set the hook because we've got it right here. America Outdoors Radio has sponsorships available, and we offer an affordable platform to reach thousands of listeners interested in fishing, hunting, and the outdoors. Find out more by contacting host John Cruz through his website at AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. That's AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. But hurry, if you wait too long, this big opportunity might just get away. That's AmericaOutdoorsRadio.com. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com.
You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz, and we're checking in with Glenn Kale. He is the Bassmaster Youth Series Tournament Manager, and the subject is the the high school combine that Bassmaster does. This is going to take place September 15th through the 17th at Wheeler Lake in Decatur, Alabama. And this is something that's just absolutely fascinating to me. Glenn, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to get all the uh, the knowledge out that we can across the radio band. Well, I'll tell you what. This whole youth tournament series that you're a tournament manager for, college, high school, junior high, I so wish they had that when I was a kid. They had nothing like this at all. <laughs> it's just fascinating to me that you're going to have this combine and you're going to have 25 colleges there and they're going to offer scholarship money, you know, that could be worth over $2 million. That's just absolutely amazing. Well, why don't you go ahead and explain to our listeners what this combine is that is open for registration now? Yeah, so what we basically do is, well, we open it up for anybody in the country to the top 100, first 100 kids that register with us. We'll put them in a room. We bring them up for a weekend there in Decatur, Alabama, as you stated, and put them in a room full of 25 coaches this year. My goal is to shoot uh, to fill that place up with 25 schools and coaches in there that offer some type of form of scholarship for bass fishing. So it's a great weekend. It's awesome. We do do a couple of combine drills, about three to four different types of skill level challenges outside, which that just, you know, gets them out of the whole room and the air, you know, that whole sit-down front meeting type of deal and get them out to put a rod and a reel in their hand. And we do some challenges out there. It gets the coaches time to get out and about and mingle amongst them as well and just look at some skill challenges, you know. So it's really neat across the board. I know you said something a little over $2 million. It's like $2.6 million was what we slated the first year out of the box in the inaugural season. Last year, we I know we superseded that for the amount of kids that came through the combine that signed. I wish I had those numbers. Now, I don't want to fluff them, but I know we're over that $2.6 million. But it's a great opportunity for kids that want to play a different sport. You know, maybe even the lady anglers. It's pretty awesome, you know, to uh, have the lady anglers. I think we had five or six lady anglers there last year. And I know of two that actually have signed scholarships, a uh, substantial amount of scholarships to go on to the next level, which would be the college. So there was three challenges last year, and we'll talk about another one involving a bass boat in a second, casting distance, technical, and casting accuracy. What do these three drills look like? Well, the three drills look like the long cast is we put them on a platform, and we put like a pencil popper, and they uh, it's a long-distance cast. It's more for accuracy, but long-distance cast, making sure they can handle the rod, you know, that type of stuff, backlashes and that type of deal. So you're going to got to dial all the speed spool in and, and the braking system. The other one was a uh, technical, which would be more like around a, uh, we've done a, a flipping pitching contest. We've done that where they have to pitch in a certain amount of time in the buckets and rings and things like that. And then one that we added last year, which was really pretty cool, is we actually put the kids on a boat and made them actually with one of our judges or inside the boat and they had a uh, moving rotating course that was pretty cool and that got a chance for them coaches and everyone to see their skill level operating a trolling motor coming from high school and junior these kids as parents have pretty much ran the trolling motor for them most of them all their life so that's a big that's a big skill level to be able to operate a boat and run the trolling motor so we're looking to hopefully add that again in the mix this year. I absolutely love the fact that, you know, the, the kids that are doing this are going to be operating the trolling motor. Last year it was a Skeeter FXR-20 bass boat, 20-foot bass boat. And yeah, you're right. 
I mean, as an avid angler with intermediate skills, sometimes it's still a bit of a struggle for me to uh, operate that trolling motor efficiently and cast where I want to cast and retrieve how I want to retrieve. So that's a great challenge. So you've got these 25 coaches there, and these kids get graded by the judges. And what happens after that? Are the coaches at tables and the students go up and they look at their scores and either offer them or don't offer them a scholarship? Well, basically what it is is there's, I think we had one signing at the Combine last year, but the intent is to put a name with a face, bring your transcripts, bring anything else that's going to let that individual coach say, hey, this is who I am as an individual. Maybe a picture in there so they put a face with a name. So when they leave there, they can go back and, you know, follow up with you from a coach to an angler and a parent. And then maybe most of the time what's highly encouraged from there, from what I've seen last year, is setting up school visits. We've seen a lot of school visits set up in Decatur last year on that Sunday when we wrapped up and uh, gave out some awards for the skill challenges. You know, it's really interesting that the GPA matters. I think most of our listeners are thinking, boy, I want to be in a bass club and go to college, but it's just like anything else, just like getting accepted to college. You have to have good grades to get into school and apparently to be on the bass fishing team. Absolutely. The biggest thing is, is it's, it's balance, you know, and that's what people have to understand. And it really doesn't matter what other sports you're really talking about, whether it's cheerleading school, uh, golf, soccer, girls, basketball, volleyball, softball, whatever the case may be, boys sports as well, baseball. It's balance. It's schoolwork. It's time on the water and, you know, making sure that you maintain that GPA, stay academically eligible and time on the water. So there is a very strenuous set of balances there that you have to do it, but the kids are doing a phenomenal job. I mean, I can honestly say that. I mean, I don't really see a whole lot of college coaches or having any type of issues with academic challenges there, but you know, that's what's good about going to the schools that offer these scholarships. They have the ones that have the coaches. I think they, they offer a little bit more support for the schools that maybe don't coach. Um, just because the fact is, is you have somebody there that's truly holding you, yourself accountable. What are probably the top three powerhouses when it comes to college bass fishing right now? Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you three. I'm you're not limiting you to one. Yeah, I'll give you my personal opinion on the growth. Carson Newman would be probably one of the top ones up at the top. Hunter Sell's doing a phenomenal job up over there in Tennessee. And obviously, you know, Montevallo's the powerhouse. They're there, you know. And, oh, man, I'd, I'd say, um, you know, you have three's kind of a, a really shy number because I think I, I think of the, the 25 or 26 that I could think of, you know. So Does Auburn still have but, a really good fishing team? Auburn has a great fishing program as well. So the Bethels, the Carson Newman's, Florida Gateways, you know, the University of Florida is now jumping in the mix, UCF, you know, the Drury's, the McKendry's, the Adrian Colleges out of Michigan. It's, it goes on and on. The Gamblesville, Lander. I mean, it goes on and on. And a bunch out of Texas, Dallas Baptist. You know, you have uh, ETBU. You know, you just we just have a ton of them that are just going on and on and on. Erskine out of South Carolina. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. But I really think that the cool thing about it is, is it really doesn't matter what school out there because you're actually really truly starting to see a, a level playing field from a skill challenge from angler to angler per school. I'll tell you what, if I could go to college again, I would so be on a bass fishing team. But it's a little late oh, for me. Oh, absolutely. But it's not too late for some of you out there or for some of your kids or grandkids. If folks want to register for the Combine, how do they do it? 
actually go to Bassmaster.com, go on over there to tournaments, click on high school, and you, you'll be able to see a tab that says uh, 2023 Bassmaster High School Combine presented by Skeeter. Click on that, go on there, register. It's pretty awesome. For the $600 fee, I mean, you know, people look at it for 600 bucks, but where can you go and put yourself in as a parent, taking your child to any sport, and that's going to possibly be able to get you in touch with the direct person contact at school Set up a school visit for 600 bucks. You're going to get two nights in a hotel room for your parents and yourself. You're going to get fed four meals. That's a pretty good deal for $600. That's a really good deal for $600, and boy, what an opportunity as well. Again, folks, it's uh, Bassmaster High School Combine. It is taking place at Wheeler Lake September 15th through the 17th. Register now at Bassmaster.com. Glenn, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We've been telling you about Sportsman's Cove Lodge in southeast Alaska for a while now. They're truly Alaska's best lodge. Wildlife is abundant from bears and deer to eagles and whales. And let's not forget the reason you're here, the fishing. Halibut, salmon, lingcod, rockfish, true cod, and more. It's all waiting for you in abundance at Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Book your trip today at alaskasbestlodge.com. That's alaskasbestlodge.com for Sportsman's Cove Lodge. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Welcome back to America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got Brian Lynn on the line with the Sportsman's Alliance because there is a lot of news happening that is affecting hunters right now in state legislative sessions all over the country. Brian, welcome back. Hey, John. Great to be back. Thank you. Hunting is definitely under attack in a lot of places, and one of those places is Minnesota, where there is a bill that would propose wolf protections forever no matter how many wolves there might be in Minnesota. Tell us more about this. Yeah, I mean, this is an ongoing saga that uh, the Sportsman's Alliance has really been fighting for coming up on 20 years now. We've delisted the wolves in that distinct population segment three times, and the Humane Society keeps suing and getting them put back on the endangered species list. And, And it's always on technicalities, red tape, you know, you didn't do this or didn't do that. It's not about wolves and how many there are anymore. And frankly, the animal rights movement is running out of options here, and it's narrowed down to where they're going to get delisted. Well, now the uh, Minnesota legislature is playing biologist, and they've snuck in in an omnibus bill, environmental omnibus bill, that no matter what happens, there will never be a wolf season in the state. When they become delisted, there will be no wolf season and. This is happening with no oversight, no communications or anything. It was just slid in to the omnibus spending bill, and last night it passed the House 6957, mostly along party lines. Wow. 
that's just amazing to me that you would manage any species to the point where you could literally have you know a wolf on every street corner, but you can't hunt them because they're protected in perpetuity. That's just insane method of wildlife management. But it's it's passed the House, I presume. Now it goes to the Senate, and is the governor going to sign it into law? Do you think? Well, go to the Senate, and I believe that since it's a spending bill, it's not an actual bill itself. It's an amendment into this larger omnibus bill, which is hundreds of pages long. This is just one little point in there. has a good chance of passing because I think it just goes to a committee, and they hammer out the differences within that and then send it and vote, and that's it. So it will be tough to stop if they don't agree to pull it out because the governor is not going to hold up the entire state's spending budget over a wolf, especially if it's a wolf hunt. Wow. All right, let's head to California, a state, no offense to our California listeners, known for some pretty crazy and progressive politics. I understand they're now targeting kids hunting and shooting camps. Yes, this, you know, this along with, you know, like the marketing bill that they had aimed at youth last year that the Sportsman's Alliance is suing for and against to uh, overrule this and throw it out. This is another one where, you know, it's all tied to this mass gun control that's pushing throughout, you know, Washington, Oregon, California, and and some of the other uh, states. But this is looking at kids' camp, particularly, particularly those that have shooting ranges and teach shooting and they're attacking it from a public health angle oh this is a public health issue we need to do something creating this board and has all these different gun control groups and public health groups and everybody there except for you know firearms instructors shooters hunters people who use ranges who use guns it's (laughs) just completely the (laughs) people who think they know what they're talking about the people that manage the new regulations or develop the new regulations are people who probably have never touched a firearm in their life again hunters are not part of the stakeholder group sports shooters firearm instructors none of the related organizations, they would all be left out. It would just be anti-firearms people that are determining what the rules are going to be for kids. Pretty much. So far, that's what it's looking like. And, you know, so yeah, that's California for you. And here's what's best for kids at shooting ranges, learning to shoot. And yeah, they don't ask Hunter Ed instructors or shooting instructors, but they'll have, uh, you know, gun control groups and public health bureaucrats there to hammer it out. So that's California. Well, I'd like to say the news is better in Washington State, but as you alluded to, it's not. It looks like the governor is getting ready to sign a bill into law that would ban what they are calling assault weapons, but you and I would call semi-automatic shotguns and rifles. What's the impact of this law going to be on hunters in Washington State? Yeah, this is going to be interesting, especially with the expanded definitions that they included in that law, like you alluded to. This is going to turn some guns that we don't think about as, you know, quote unquote, assault weapons into assault weapons. You know, this is where you get into the game of politics and definitions. And it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And if there's a lawsuit, because there's others around the state that goes with this. But yeah, your certain shotguns you have and other rifles or even handguns can be now considered assault weapons and you know you own them now you're grandfathered in but it's going to have an impact down the road especially if 
some of these other bills that are coming up. Washington has a whole slew of them, permit to purchase system, registry, 10-day waiting period, be able to sue the marketing you know, agencies for uh, be able to sue gun manufacturers for marketing if somebody's you know hurt using their product. This could wipe out the gun industry, all of these bills together, which then does have a downstream impact to conservation funding through Pittman-Robertson. So it's more than just gun control at, uh, you know, different levels for different audiences. No, you're absolutely right. And it just amazes me that, okay, so you don't sue the person who did the bad thing with the gun. You sue the person who made the gun. That's like saying if somebody, you know, was drunk driving and they killed somebody, that you don't sue that person. You sue the car company for making the car that the drunk driver was in. It's just it's just mind-boggling to me how you do this. Yeah, and that's where we're at in society these days, you know, and it's ridiculous, you know, in Washington State again. They're increasing all of these laws, you know, like all I mentioned, permit to purchase, the, the assault weapons ban, blah, blah, blah. At the same time, they decreased penalties for using guns illegally. Right. So on one hand, they're allowing you to sue a manufacturer of a gun because a criminal uses it illegally, and then they're not going to punish the criminal more. Oh, no. They actually reduced the penalty for using the firearm in a crime in Washington state while increasing penalties for law-abiding citizens. It's just ridiculous. You're right. And I vividly remember Governor Jay Inslee in Washington state, you know, during the coronavirus, well, we've got to depopulate our prisons. And one of the first people he let go were those incarcerated for illegal possession of firearms. And what kind of message does that send? But moving on to another state, Texas, which... You wouldn't think would have this issue, but I understand 18 gun control bills to ban youth hunting were introduced in the Lone Star State. Yeah, they have friends down there, and they're, don't Californicate my Texas, but uh, that's what's happening, you know, especially after the Uvalde shooting and stuff. They, uh, there's now contingencies, especially out of the Austin area, calling for gun control, and, you know, these 18 bills kind of do anything and everything. There's different tax in there, and, uh, you know, from underage you know kids for youth hunting it would these bills would stop that a lot of them are attacking and this is a theme we're seeing nationwide 18 to 20 year olds you're saying you can't own possess or buy a firearm any firearm until you're 21 well what does an 18 year old adult 19 year old adult 20 year old adult do if they want to go hunting they can't buy a gun until they're 21 can't possess it it creates a real issue especially when they're paying taxes and fully vested in all of their constitutional rights, you know, and that's a theme we're seeing. So that's happening even in Texas. Folks, this is very dangerous because, as we all know, when it comes to recruiting new hunters, you need to have the young hunters. And if they can't even possess a firearm to go hunting, that's going to kill our sport of hunting if we get laws like this passed. I'd like to talk more about some other things that are going on in Nevada and Maine and Maryland, but we are out of time. So, folks, I would really recommend that you go to sportsmansalliance.org that's sportsmansalliance.org sign up for their weekly newsletter get informed and if you are upset about any of these bills that are poised to pass call your state representative call your state senator call the governor's office send them an email let them know your thoughts on these issues if enough of you do you just might make a difference and get some of these changes made that are affecting us as hunters brian always a pleasure to catch up with you on america outdoors radio you too john thank you very much 
Ready to step up to a quality-built rifle or shotgun that's a true classic? Check out Henry Repeating Arms, American-made. There's over 200 models to choose from in a variety of finishes and calibers for hunters and target shooters. Many of these are lever-action models with a look right out of the Old West. Don't be deceived, though. Henry Repeating Arms are modern, rugged, accurate, reliable, and have a lifetime guarantee. Find out more and order a free catalog today at HenryUSA.com. That's HenryUSA.com. Come explore the Dalles in Oregon for outdoors fun. Hike amongst the wildflowers, bike our riverfront trail, or visit the Gorge Discovery Center where you can enjoy a live raptor display. Or even check out our National Neon Sign Museum. But don't forget the fishing. We've got salmon, steelhead, bass, walleye, and monster-sized sturgeon waiting just for you. When the day is done, tell those tall tales at one of our wineries, breweries, or restaurants and plan your next adventure. Find out more at explorethedalles.com. Hunting and fishing are exercises in hope. Before you head into the woods, you hope to tag out on a deer you'll have to field dress. Before you make that first cast, you hope for a big fish to clean and fillet. When your hopes are realized, you'll need a sharp knife. Whether you sharpen that blade on a power sharpener in the shop or a manual sharpener in the field, WorkSharp has the tool for you. Look for WorkSharp products in sporting and stores near you or online at WorkSharpTools.com. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Attention, small business owners. This could be the most important 10-minute call you will ever make. You may be eligible to receive up to $26,000 per employee through the Employee Retention Credit. Call Omega Accounting Solutions to see if your business is eligible to recover payroll tax pay during the pandemic. All it takes is a quick, easy, free 10-minute consultation to determine your qualifications. Call Omega Accounting Solutions at 800-309-ERC. Omega's knowledgeable staff will streamline the process of filing complicated paperwork. Omega is the small business champion with teams dedicated to maximizing tax credits. CPAs even turn to Omega for ERC guidance. Take advantage of this exclusive small business tax credit before it's too late. The three-year sunset deadline is setting soon. So find out if you qualify today. Call 800-309-ERC. That's 800-309-ERC. Or visit OmegaTaxCredits.com. You're back in with America Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. It is spring, and that means it is time to get the RV out and go explore. And looking for some inspiration, I've got a great one. It is called USA RV Adventures, and it's published by Moon Books. And I've got one of the authors on the line, Bonnie Sinclair. Bonnie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So, Bonnie, you and Grant Sinclair wrote this book, and I am guessing that it's based on your travels. What went into all of this? This is a really good book you put out. 
Yeah, well, thank you. And yes, this book is based on the travel that we have done. You know, we wrote it based on the trips that we had previously taken. And a couple of them are things that we we had to research and fill in some gaps on. But for the most part, it was just our experiences and pulling from that of routes that we had done or places we had been and building a route around that. It was a lot of fun to think back over where we had gone and what we had missed and and wish we had seen and put it all together. You have stayed at a lot of campgrounds all over the country and you share some of the best ones in your book. Why don't you share some of those with our listeners so they know where to stay? So there really are a wide variety of campgrounds out there, and and we like them all. You know, they all have their pros and cons. Probably one of our favorites is in Custer, South Dakota, the Big Pine Campground just outside of Custer. It's a private campground, but it's nestled under the trees, and it kind of feels like, you know, you're actually camping, even though you're just outside of the town of Custer. The, the folks that run it are just friendly, and it's a great experience. We've stayed there several times, and it's always been absolutely perfect. Um, if you're looking for an even more rustic experience. One of our favorites was uh, the Broken Arrow Campground, which is just north of Crater Lake National Park in Oregon. And that Broken Arrow is a forest service campground with no hookups. So you are definitely roughing it with no electricity, no air conditioning, um, no water hookups. But as long as you've got your camper, you should be ready for it. It's just a great place to disconnect and really enjoy nature. And, and then head into Crater Lake National Park if you want to. I noticed that <laughs> national parks are, are kind of a common theme in RV travels and adventures. What are some of your favorite ones that you visited over the years? Yeah, national parks really are. That's our love and our passion, personally. We both love Yellowstone. You just can't go wrong with Yellowstone. It's, it's got a little bit of something for everybody, from wildlife to thermal features to mountains and lakes. You know, the Grand Canyon is another one that's just awe-inspiring, and, and you just can't wrap your brain around it. But even, you know, Dinosaur National Monument is another one of our favorites that is kind of more remote and not as visited, but it has a lot of natural beauty and dinosaur fossils, right? Who wouldn't love that? Oh, um, super cool. I remember <laughs> going there as a kid, and I definitely need to go back. Now, you have a, yes. whole, you have a whole section in the book on the best places to go for wildlife watching. I know you just mentioned one of them was Yellowstone National Park, and folks, I highly agree with that recommendation. What are a few other ones you'd recommend? So the Black Hills of South Dakota is another area where you can find a lot of wildlife. There's bison at Custer State Park, Wind Cave National Park, Badlands National Park also has a bison herd. They've got prairie dogs, which are just the cutest little things you've ever seen coming out of their little burrows. And then you can sometimes find bighorn sheep or elk. You just never really know what you're going to find around that area. And then another place that, you know, may not be what people first think of, but Everglades National Park, right? Because wildlife is not just the big mammals. So Everglades is great, especially if you're a fan of birds. And there's tons of different birds and you can see both crocodiles and alligators, which is one, I think it's the only place in the U.S., that southern Florida region, maybe the only place in the world where you can see both alligators and crocodiles in the same general location. Very cool indeed. Now, a lot of folks have a dream of buying a book like yours, USA RV Adventures, and hitting the road in their new, or I should say maybe new to them RV, because a lot of folks bought RVs during the COVID pandemic. What is a key piece of advice or two you would share with someone about to go on their first big multi-state trip so that they don't get frustrated? 
Well, I would say if it's even if it's just a new, you know, your new RV, but not your first RV, take a small test trip before you take out for, you know, six weeks across the country. The farther you get from home, the, the harder it is sometimes to, to deal with problems. So even just before we go back out for a summer trip every year, we like to take just a weekend somewhere in a local campground just to kind of clean things off, you know, make sure things are still working, repair anything that needs to be repaired, you know. So, so take that test trip before before you set off or anything too far away. And then just take your time, right? Slow down. Make sure you actually spend the time to enjoy the trip and don't just, you know, focus on getting there and rushing through the experiences. But give yourself plenty of time to actually enjoy it. You know, that is such a, a wonderful piece of advice. I lived in Europe for three years and was an exchange student there for six months as well. And that was the biggest mistake I saw American tourists make is they would try to cram in 10 countries in 14 days and they were right. frustrated and upset by the end of the trip. And, yep. and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, taking the time to truly explore a place, whether it be a national park or a state park, and, you know, not just spend one day there, but three, four, maybe even five days, you really get to soak it in so much more, don't you? Yes, you do. That is one thing that we have learned with an RV because it simply is it's harder to move every single day, right? Because you have to pack up the RV and take down and set up and whatnot. And so, you know, it really forced us to slow down and spend that extra day there and give ourselves a little bit more time to rest because we could, right? We weren't sleeping, you know, in a random hotel or on an air mattress in a tent. We had the comforts of home right there. So really taking the time to just slow down and enjoy the experience has been the best part of RVing for us. Speaking of setting up an RV, making it a base camp, essentially, what do you use to get around once you're there? Bicycles, e-bikes, scooters? Do you tow a car? What do you do? So it really depends. You know, we drive a truck and then tow a travel trailer behind us. So then we have our truck that we can use to get around. If you've got a large, uh, you know, class A motorhome, you know, one of those 30, 40 foot motorhomes, I would certainly recommend taking, whether it's a small you know, a motorcycle or a small car, or even like you said, a bike to be able to explore so that you're not trying to drive a 35 foot motorhome everywhere you go, right? So having some kind of vehicle is definitely good, but I've also heard of people just taking an Uber or finding a shuttle of some sort to get around. And, and depending on where you are, bikes or e-bikes, if you want to go a little bit farther, an electric bike is a great option that, that we've considered for our future as well. Yeah, and folks, those e-bikes, if you haven't tried them out, they are definitely a great thing. You can get up to 20 miles an hour on them, and you can go quite a ways quite comfortably. Last question for you, where can folks buy your book, USA RV Adventures? You can buy the book pretty much anywhere books are sold, whether that's online or in a store. If they sell books, they should sell our book. And then we also have a website ourselves, wanderfilledlife.com, where we have tons of information about the itineraries and the destinations that are covered in the book, but also additional places that aren't in the book. All right. That website again, wanderfilledlife.com. That's wanderfilledlife.com. And if you plan on hitting the road, you definitely want to pick up USA RV Adventures, published by Moon Books. It's a great resource. You're going to really get a lot out of it. Bonnie, thanks so much for sharing all of this with us today on America Outdoors Radio. Thank you for having me.
If you're going to be traveling in an RV, especially for an extended period of time, you're going to have cutlery and you're going to have to sharpen those knives from time to time, especially kitchen knives and maybe fillet knives if you're doing a little fishing along the way. And the knife sharpeners you need can be found at WorkSharpTools.com. That is the website for WorkSharp, makers of both manual and powered knife sharpeners, not only for in the field, but also in the shop, and yes, in the kitchen too. A lot of them are very small and portable. They'll fit right in your RV and keep those knives sharp for as long as you are on the road. Find out more at WorkSharpTools.com and look for WorkSharp knife sharpeners and tool sharpeners at quality sporting goods stores near you. As we wrap things up today, I'd like to thank our guest, Brian Lynn with the Sportsman's Alliance, Glenn Kale with Bassmaster, and Bonnie Sinclair, the author of USA RV Adventures. They all shared some great information today, and I hope that you learned a little bit along the way. We are at the latter part of April, and that means there's a lot of options for you as a hunter or angler or wildlife watcher or just outdoors enthusiast who likes to hike and spend time in nature. As for me, I'm going to be doing a little pre-fishing this weekend for a tournament that I'm going to be involved in in a couple of weeks, a big Pro-Am tournament in eastern Washington put on by Limit Out Marine and right after that on May 5th and 6th I'll be fishing a big bass tournament with my old friend Rusty Johnson and we're hoping we can get maybe a five or six pounder in the boat and finally cash a check at a tournament. Here's hoping that you get to enjoy some time outside as well. Spring certainly has a lot to offer. Until next time, here's hoping you are blessed, here's hoping you are healthy, and do remember this. It is your country and your outdoors, so get out there and enjoy it. Enjoy it.